This is Rugger Matrix America. With Alex Goff from RugbyMag.com. How is everybody doing? And welcome to the show. We are with everybody this week. We've got Pat Clifton in beautiful Kansas City and Bruce McLean in beautiful New York City. And uh, hey, Bruce, first of all, uh, we've got you in on uh, on a different phone because your phone kind of messed up so you're going to sound different yeah i definitely uh my kids will play on my computer my computer now has a virus <laughs> so i am not on skype i am on my cell phone in my backyard so if you hear birds chirping that's it yeah it wouldn't be the first time we heard birds chirping uh and and pat how's it going it's good no birds on my end hopefully the dogs will keep quiet as well okay. excellent Excellent. Well, we've got a, a, a great show. We, we had a bunch of stuff going on the, the, either last week or coming up this week. And, uh, you know, we, we'll touch a little bit on the, the, the club scene and the international scene. And I guess it's the internationals that we're talking about because we were before the show talking about this quite a bit. Uh, and, and that was the, the ending of the season for the USA Sevens team as they went into London last week. And ended up winning one game and and losing four and losing in the Shield semifinals and then this week they lost five games in a row and ended up losing in the Shield semifinals and and I had said that I thought you know I thought the team would do well I thought they would do well in London and uh, I suppose in my defense they were maybe one you know two or three minutes of decent rugby away from do, from from officially doing well but they didn't. And and Bruce, you said you didn't think they were going to um, perform well at all. You didn't like the team that they were taking, or or I think more accurately, you weren't sure that Caravelli liked the team he was taking, and and you were spot on. Yeah, I'm, look, it's a World Cup year. A, a lot of those guys were in two minds, seven and fifteens, and 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 it was late in the season, and. Um, you know, Emmerich had left his club prior to the, prior to the national championship. I, I, I don't. I, I'm just not. I'm. I'm not. Um, I'm not shocked at at how it turned out. So, you know, that all that all said, I'm. I'm just not shocked at how it turned out. You know, I. It wasn't a good performance. There were there were little smatterings of 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 time when they. They played well. They showed they could play well, and I guess that's the most frustrating thing. Uh, they they played England. They lost thirty-one to twenty-one. Uh, they played Argentina. They were down twenty-one nothing with about five minutes to go, and they score four tries and look almost untouchable in beating them. This 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 was in London. Um, this this past week, they lose. Uh, what was it? Twenty-one twelve to Samoa. They lose by seven to Fiji. Those are all results where you say, okay, they lost, but you know they're really battling and they're really close to two of the best teams in the circuit. And then they play Scotland. Scotland normally not all that great, but not terrible. They lose forty-five to seven. I wasn't able to see that game, but there certainly is the uh, um, there, there's the smell of everything falling apart in that one. And then on the second day here, they play Russia. And they played um, Kenya, and they lost by uh, really close margins in both. And the so, so you know, I, I I think at this point they've been playing with mostly the same players all the way through. 
to just say that they lost a close one to Kenya. Yes, Kenya is a good team. Russia is a, they're not a core team, but they really battle. And I think I, every time I, I watch them play, they look like they're putting absolutely everything into it. They really battle well. Um, but I expect the USA to win these close games at this point in the season. And and it's it's almost as if they got worse. I completely yeah, agree I, with you. I I don't know said that. No, I, what kills me is it's it's the silly mistakes that continue to keep happening. It's not some giant uh, um, you know tactical error. It's not these guys just can't play. They're not the same level level of athlete. It's the stupid stuff. It's Knox. If it weren't for Knox, they might have beaten Fiji. And it seems like it's you can't hold on to the ball, and that's a huge issue, and it's been a huge issue. It was a huge issue in Vegas, not being able to hold on to the ball. And it's one of those mysterious things like fumbles in football. How do you teach someone, coach someone not to fumble? Well, it seems like those are the mistakes that they're making time and time again and that really bite them. And not, I'm not saying that if they hold on to the ball, they're going to be uh, you know, the World Series champs. But they're they're not being just completely outclassed by a lot of these teams. They just can't hold on to the freaking ball, and, and that makes it even more frustrating because it's something that seems like it's so simple that they keep continuing to to make mistakes on. They're they're beating themselves. They, you know, early in the season, what they were doing was they would they would work their way down the field, and and the USA team is not uh, an exciting type of play where they where they throw the ball around all over the place what they do is they make a couple of passes they run hard they ruck really well they win their own rucks better than anyone else and so they work their way down the field and then suddenly someone is dumped on his shoulder somewhere and he tries a backhand pass to, to nobody and it's a turnover and it's a try the other way and i understand that happens and that happens early in the season and i think the source of frustration for al caravelli and for the fans is that eight tournaments in it was still happening, and it, you know, well, knock-ons is bad, but also the, the the dumb passes is 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 bad too. Well, I I didn't see the games, but when you're working, if you work your way down the field, and you're clinical, and you're and you're patient, and then you get down into the into the scoring zone, and you do something dumb, like that's when you're gonna force it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now I haven't yeah. seen the games. So, but I see, like, I see it at rugby practice when I go to practice with the AC. And, and there's times that, you know, when we're playing, we'll work our way all the way down the field, and then all of a sudden they're going to commit one or two guys to a ruck at the, at the three-yard line, or, you know, they're going to throw it a while. But I'm like, guys, you busted your chops to get here, and now we get lazy? Now yeah. we're going to get what? I mean, this is the time to get excited. I mean, you you play all day, all game to get these chances, and now we're going to get – that's – so, like I said, I didn't see the game, and, and I didn't see any of the games. So, but, yeah, I think that – well, they're going to have – I mean, things are going to have to change. Things are going to have to change in, in seventh land in America. And and these – they're going to – if, they, if they, they can't be in the core – and be and be scrapping by and 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 not beating the snot out of teams, one core teams. So the, the fact is, things are going to have to change and have to change the way they operate. There's, you know, this this is seven a specialist sport. That's going to be the ultimate question. Is seven a specialist sport? And, well, I think and, and until we decide what that, until that happens, until there's any kind of a straight decision, that with the guys in two minds and 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 there's always going to be some kind of a competing. It, it, I don't think it's ever going to work out right. It, I, I personally, I think it, it's a specialist sport at this point. I, I'm not, I don't want to delve into that argument too much, but I will, I'll give another 
reason why you're not winning, and, and it's a reason we use all the time, but that doesn't mean that just because it's it's used all the time that it, it's not a valid one. How many of the other uh, 11 core teams aren't professional, aren't fully professional teams? Kenya maybe? Is Kenya? I, I know Samoa is, isn't. Right, but Samoa—that's a little bit of a different scenario. Samoa, because they can, some of these guys can have a better uh, living or, or live a better lifestyle by playing for the Samoan Sevens teams. Whereas in the United States, you have to have a worse one in order to, to make the sacrifices it takes. To well, play. I think I think you if you rephrase the question slightly, and say how many of the teams are able to train and assemble and work together regularly, to to the point of of you know quasi full time then you're going to say all of them some some of these teams are fully professional they're contracted to play sevens uh everything like that some of the teams they're they're what they have is a fully paid coaching staff which the USA doesn't have by the way they have one head coach who is play who's paid part time and then then they work around it in terms of getting some other people to work on the staff and then you have someone now now Kenya um, for years, Kenya had a major sponsor that not only pro- not only did they professionalize their team, but they professionalized their their national seven circuit. And Kenya was moving their way up. Now Kenya has dropped down a little bit, and I think that they're you know financially they're under some straits, and that's a problem for them. But I I wouldn't say I I don't think we're in a position where we say we should pay every player. I mean that it's even a goal to pay every player say fifty thousand dollars or forty thousand dollars a year. But are we in a position that we can have the coach on full time, and not only do they play in these eight tournaments, but they should play the. I mean, we used to have warm up tournaments. They used to go to Bangkok and Singapore, and whenever the the USA does that. They they perform a little bit better, and we had more assemblies. They don't assemble enough. All those little things they do make it more difficult. Um, I I also you talk about the athletes and the players. Um, there are there are players who aren't available because they've got jobs, and if they go one more time, they're going to lose their job. That's one of the, basically the re, one of the reasons why Mike Palafau was not available for two years. You also have a situation uh, – it's a very delicate situation, I suppose. Mile Pulu is probably the best sevens player on the team, or one of them. Uh, he did not go. He went um, – he stayed stayed back and played for Golden Gate in the final and was terrific in the final, uh, in, in the Super League final. Now, that's, I think that's always going to be a problem. I think that's always going to be a problem whether um, – you know, there's pressure from a club or no pressure from the club, and the, the pressure is completely manufactured by the player within himself. There's a, that's always going to be a problem. And Bruce, I think it's always going to be an issue with sevens and fifteens, whether you concentrate on both of those, because um, there are there are going to be players who who come up through the sevens ranks, and they 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 do they are they're so good at sevens they start getting looked at by fifteens teams, and then they 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 go and they start crossing over. I, I, but I do think that you could have five or six or seven or eight guys who are pretty much dedicated sevens players. I mean, I mean performance in sevens got Chris Wiles and uh, Kevin Swear in professional contracts, um, and 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 we would hope that good performance in sevens 
helps other players get professional contracts, that would be great for them. But we we do need a central core of sevens dedicated players, there's no doubt. You know, I don't know the exact answer. I don't know the budgets. I haven't seen, you know, I haven't seen a check register from USA Rugby ever. And until you see that and you kind of know what's coming in and what's going out, it's hard to prioritize. Right now we try to be everything to everyone. And the fact is we're nothing to anyone. So, yeah, I mean, look, the Sevens team is, um, it still doesn't matter. They still have to do things differently in order to be, you can't, and if we keep doing the same thing and expecting different results, then we're idiots. So we're going to have to, you, things are going to have to change either an expectation or financially or whatever it is that's going to have to change in order to, in order to start performing better. Otherwise people will leave us in the, in by the wayside. And then we can say the U S Olympic committee is going to, you know, pick us up and, and we're going to be champions. That's nonsense. We're not champions at every Olympic sport. It, it, you know, we're champions at sports that we're good at. We're not champions in curling. We're not champions in, you know, whatever the hell other sport may biathlon or some crap. But, you know, so it, it, just because something's in the Olympics doesn't mean that you're going to be champions because you're American. So we're no, but to, but we're but that is the expectation. That's uh, uh, right or I wrong. I understand that. I understand that. That's the, that's the, the that's, I think. I think that's the plan. Is let no. That's the, the expectation. Yeah. That's great. Well, if that's the plan, it's a crappy one. It is. But that's all right. Yeah. Oh, it's a, it's a horrible one. I know. I mean, if you're waiting for someone else to do stuff for you, then then get, get out of the way. It's not a good plan. But anyway, uh, a lot of plans aren't that good. Let's move on. That's depressing talk. If they had one. <laughs> If they had won, if they had won a couple, uh, they had proved me wrong in London and uh, and Scotland, then I w- it would have been a nicer talk to have. I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, I want it, to talk it, about some fun stuff. Yeah, there, there's there's fun stuff coming up. We do uh, uh, crown a few champions coming up uh, this weekend, and uh, Pat, you were you were at part of the 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 club playoffs. You saw the D1, D2, D3 playoffs in Chula Vista. Uh, which is why you weren't on the show last week, and and we've got the final four coming up, and one of the things I, I'll, I'll let you jump in after I babble on for a while is um, is the whole Glendale issue. Now Glendale got seven of their players sat down because they had transferred from Aspen. It had, it had been deemed a legal transfer. By USA Rugby, and then in a, a, a in a decision that I I don't agree with or understand at all, it was uh, reversed. Players who had no club to play for were not allowed to play for Glendale because um, because I'm I'm not even sure why. I mean, it just it just didn't make any sense to me. But the interesting thing was that of those seven players, really only two of them started for them at all. Hurley and Spencer Scott uh, started for them, and the rest of those guys were subs. So anybody who thought that Glendale was significantly weakened by losing those seven players turned out to be a bit shocked. And I guess the, the that's the the upshot of all this is Glendale, the Glendale Raptors are in the final four, even though they had to sit, sit seven players, which I think is 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 pretty remarkable. Right? Yeah, it is remarkable. In they would be significantly better if they had them. I don't. Want, I mean, I don't want to 
let's not pretend that losing these guys. I mean, when you lose Hayden Mexted, Spencer Scott, Simon Dogby, and Michael Hurley, um, even if only a couple of them are starting, that's some serious depth. When you're going on turnaround playing Saturday, Sunday, um, which you have to do, obviously, to win our championships, then that's, um, that's going to hurt you a little bit. And it, it almost hurt them this last weekend. I think that they were pretty inspired playing a lot of emotional rugby um, in, in Chula Vista. But it, they had to play everybody but one person in order to get past Provo. Um, and that, you know, Belmont Shore didn't, and Olympic Club didn't uh, on Saturday. They, they sat five, six, seven guys that are their best players that they didn't play on Saturday. They, they didn't need them. Glendale had to enter the bench in order to uh, in order to advance. And so that that potentially hurt them last weekend, but it didn't. And I think it could potentially hurt them again this weekend. Um, so, yeah, I think they would be considerably better with the Aspen boys. Uh, you know, I th- I think the depth that's a that's a great uh, that's a great comment on the depth um, because you do you do need players for for these two game weekends these insane two game weekends you need thirty players so the uh, Glendale Raptors plays Boston Irish Wolfhounds and uh, Palmer plays Olympic Club Bruce you you've seen the Wolfhounds play haven't you? Yeah, no, we played the Wolfhounds earlier in the season, and and I spoke to Jake Sprague, who is co- coaching Mystic River, and they he had seen the Wolfhounds as well. He said that they absolutely just gutted their way into the Final Four. He said they he said it's kind of a miracle because they don't really have anything that's very good, except um, a tough pack and a lot of heart. And they kind of lived on it. They just played tough defense and and survived and got into the final four. And um and I think it and I think that's a that's a fair effort. I wouldn't I'm I'm not expecting them to do much more than that uh, moving forward. I think that that's that's that was about the upper limit of their capability from what I saw earlier in the season. I mean, obviously things change a little bit. But Sprague said to me, he said, honestly, they're no different. They just are – they're a team, they're a unit, and they really, really wanted to win badly and play – he said He said it made me proud to be from Boston, even though he was coaching a different team. He said it made me proud to be from Boston. It made me proud to, like – because he goes, they really played a gutsy, gutsy game. But he said they – he doesn't anticipate that that they're going to go much further. So I think they're running up against the, I would have the final four as well. So that that's tough. I mean, I think last year Palmer had a great gutsy performance, something that I was really – I mean, I watched that game and became a Palmer chiropractic fan because these guys played a really, really inspired game against Belmont Shore and still He seems to like chiropractic colleges. He does seem to like chiropractic colleges. So. <laughs> they Maybe you can to go to one. Yeah, you know, I need no more college in my life. But I think that I think that the Wolfhounds are running up against the best team in the Final Four. I think Glendale is that good, and Glendale won in Chula Vista um, without Dewan Reed. And Dewan Reed is a really electric athlete, and he's going to be uh, playing for them uh, next weekend at Glendale. He'll be starting a wing, uh, is what Mark Bullock told me. So, so I think that they're going to be bolstered a little bit by that, and he gives them another weapon. And they are um, they do have good athletes throughout the field. You know, Bradley Winbush is very good. Uh, a guy, I mean, how many guys in the country, um, if they're not going to play nine because uh, 
you know, they lose seven players or whatever, and so they need to shift their roster around. If, he, if he's not going to play nine, he's going to go play open side flanker and be the best open side flanker at the Sweet 16 in the West. Who, how many guys are going to do that? I'm sorry, not the best open side. I, Rickus Pretorius probably would have a good argument against that, but Bradley J. Winbush was fantastic in the uh, the Sweet 16. How many guys go nine to seven like that? <laughs> I, not Wendell many. Has really good players. Yeah, they and, and they have a really varied kind I, of game. Can I say something before you get into the into the game? Sure. The eligibility stuff at USA Rugby and all these that's that's one of the prime reasons to have a league. That's one of the prime reasons to be out of everything is because it's a fiefdom. And we're you know, when you talk about sevens and you talk about these things and club and fifteens and and refs and everything else and Ninety percent of why we don't reach our potential is that we beat ourselves through political fiefdoms. And until we conquer these fiefdoms and and have a way to move forward where we're not allowing um, oligarchies to hold us back, we're not going to go anywhere. No right? argument and, for me. And, and then you're going to, you know, I mean, and then there's the other part. I, I think that the rampant cheating is done. Because nobody should have to finance people to cheat. If you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna have different rules, then everybody should just play by the different rules. But I think the rampant cheating is kind of over. Um, so yeah, there's way too many fiefdoms in USA Rugby, and that's that's our issue. Go ahead. It's completely, it's completely the issue, and I, I, you know, you really just hope that in the end rugby wins out. I think that, uh, you know, in rugby a way, never wins out to the fiefdom. No, no, the, the fiefdom always wins unless people decide to stand up to these people, and no one does. Now, I'm not saying I, I don't know the whole issues behind it, but you know, it, the fact that there could be two exactly competing rulings, yeah, it, it, yeah whatever. I'm just—that's a great I reason to be in the Super League. I'll say that. I will—I will say that I think Jan Breckenridge is going to be very good for the eligibility committee. I know she was on the old eligibility committee, um, but I—you know—taking a harder line on some of their rules. If that's the way they want to go, then go ahead and do it. But to do it <laughs> in the middle of a competitive cycle, to have—you uh, know—that's the problem. Is in the middle of a competitive cycle, you ended up having two different eligibility committees that ruled in two different ways. So if you're going to make that change to the club strategic committee, it would have made most sense to do it over the you know over the off season, and not to where you're going to have two completely um, different rulings. You know, as you said, opposing rulings. They should have waited until the end of the season to make the That's switch. That's right. That's and when right. they made the switch, if they, if they if they want to take a hard line, say okay, we're going to let you do it because we let other people have this relocation and and whatnot and have their eligibility waivers granted, but you're not going to be able to have this next year because we're tightening the screws. So it was, it was a really yeah, bad timing, that's, that's and fun. and it was also just it was also just an absolutely horrible decision because you you end up telling someone, and and if if they decide even to make it uh, the decision to have, it's wrong because you you tell someone if your club becomes defunct and has no rugby, you can't play anymore in an amateur game where people just want to play, even if they want to play at a high level. You're saying somebody starts playing for a club, one or two games, and then the club folds, and you're not allowed to play. It's it would be it's just insane, and it and it's insane to tell and repeatedly we come up with rules 
that tell someone you're not allowed to play. Those insanities. I mean, I've, I've just seen them so much. It just it gets me it gets me boiling on it. There are a lot of people throughout the country that I talk to, a lot of coaches who feel the same way. They just let them play. We're not going to get any better unless everybody's allowed to play and can play as much rugby as they possibly can, so why put the reins on it? And I understand that argument, surely. But I think you also have to – I think everybody has to keep in mind how invested USA Rugby is in the, the money from the clubs. Okay, so the vast majority of USA Rugby's money comes from clubs. And it, 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 in order to keep those guys happy – the club's happy, guys like Alan Sharpley and other people, and so they don't raise the stink, and so they don't stop sipping like the high school teams are starting to do, right? So they continue to get that money every year. They have to kind of pander to them. So they're in a tough situation because that's where their money comes from. It's not who it goes out to, obviously, but the more that they pander to them and the more that they make it look like that they're trying to help the every club in the United States instead of just some athletes here or there, I think that's their – their thinking behind it is that the constituents that they have to, you know, answer to are are these clubs. Yeah, but, they, but they screw the clubs that. too. So it, it, it's it, which constituency is the good one? And you know, Glendale Raptors—they're they're part of the constituency too. Glendale Raptors are in an even better position to be able to say to hell with it. I, we could just go play an independent season. I'm, no, I'm I, not saying who's. No, your guy. I, I'm I'm just saying that. That's whether they make the right decision or not. I think that's what's in their head, and uh, clearly they made the wrong decision here. And there, a lot of their constituency posted that on. You know, we saw that as feedback on our website and people that we've talked to. Now I also got some uh, people who weren't so happy with what we wrote, um, but I think by and large they made the wrong decision, and most people recognize that they made the wrong decision. But I'm just saying to keep in mind what they're thinking when they're passing these rules. Kind of like the the Super League rule. We, you know, we wrote about the Super League. Uh, and it was the Chicago Griffins that were forced to forfeit all their games or whatever, right, in the Division yeah. One because they had played some Super League players. Well, that doesn't go along with the philosophy you're saying, let everybody play, everybody needs more rugby. But I guarantee you the vast majority of Division One teams throughout the country who have ever had to play Super League players feel that way, just like the vast majority of Division Three teams last year didn't think it was right that Ambach won the national championship. So I think they're using that same kind of reasoning trying to keep the majority of their constituents happy, but they clearly erred in this time. Yeah. Well, uh, you know what? I, I can comment to that, to that, to that act being, having been in the, being in the Super League. First, I wasn't saying who was right or wrong in the decision. I was just saying that it was a fiefdom decision. That one fiefdom overruled another fiefdom. And, you know, who's to decide which of the fiefdoms is correct? Uh, our overlord from Otley, um, I don't know. I don't think he had anything to do with it. But as far as – this is my feeling, and it's not shared by most of the Super League, but my feeling is that these Division One clubs play in Division One for the opportunity to play for a Division One championship. That is their championship, and we shouldn't, as Super League teams, be involved in their championship. That's just my feeling. I think from a moral stand, like, why should somebody, like, and we were talking about this at the AC, that's why I bring it up, entering into Division One. I. I said, why should we enter into Division One? We played a Village Lions in Week 2. In the event we were in, we would just fill the buys in, in the New York League. So we played a Village Lions in Week 2. Now, they may have brought in a couple players. they got a, a, you know, a really good coach now, and they're trying to get some things together. 
But then they play us and say we whack them by 60 points and knock out their two or three best players. That's it. Season's over. They're done. We have ruined their season. For what? We didn't care about the result of the game. It meant nothing to us. But we could do that. And that could right. happen. So yeah, I, I don't think, think are somewhere I don't think yeah. that we need those now, I think that we need to play I think that we need to work together to play games. I think that the Super League teams, hey, we've made the choice to be in the Super League. And nobody else owes us anything. We don't let these other teams play in our league. Obviously, Glendale didn't get into the Super League. So we restrict people from playing us. I don't think that we owe that anyone owes us games either. Now, granted, we pay union dues and ref dues, and a, so that there there is a there is an area that that we do need to be able to get games. But I don't think that we should be competing for excess championships. I'm not saying that like, you can't have a team that's in the league. Again, and, and we wouldn't play for a championship, but I'm just saying by us being in the league that we could we could distort the outcome. Because if you catch us early and get an injury, you could ruin your season. Whereas if you catch us at the last game of the season and you get an injury, well, you've already made the playoffs, and that all basically happens in the spring. There's a couple seeding things in between, but, you know, you can kind of get away with it. That's just my thought on it. It's my feeling on it. And again, I, I am in in a in a heavy minority in the Super League. Now, Tolks and I agree on that, but we don't even agree with our own coaching staff. So that you know, there's we have guys on our coaching staff who think we're out of our minds that we think we have, the way we think. We've trailed off in where we started talking about the division. With yeah, Powerful. I know, I know, I, I hate know. to push too yeah. much further on that trail, but I do want to ask you this. Because a guy who's in the Super League knows the personalities in the Super League. If Glendale wins the national championship this year, I'm not asking. I'm not going to hold you if to Glendale, that. What's your gut feeling? Glendale, you think if, Glendale, let in? if Glendale, if if I think Glendale is going to get let in right now, based on okay. what they've done. You know, they basically they've gone. To, I think that was what they said. Go to the Final Four or go to the, and they're gonna, Glendale's going to probably beat the Wolfhounds. So, I, I think that then they're in the final. Once they're in the final, if we hold them out. And we have no credibility as a league. That is a rule about um, where you're, you know, how close you are to another club. But and then that was basically the Denver. Bottom line is Denver and Glendale are gonna have to figure out a way to make nice with each other because I think Glendale's gonna get in. If Glendale wants to get in, they may. <laughs> but I think Glendale's gonna get in. I mean, they, they, there's no way we can hold them out. No way. Now at this point. You know, like last year, you could say, all right, they got knocked out, or they had one year where they went to the final, they went to the final, and they didn't want to come in. And all right, so fair enough. Now, if they go to the final and they want in, yeah, I think I'll let them in. Otherwise, then all the bloggers who say we are a country club league, which is nonsense, but if they say we are a country club league, they would be correct if we hold Glendale out. They would be. I just wanted to get the get the gut feeling of that because I think a lot of people would like to see Glendale get in. You've got uh, four teams left in D1 uh, semifinal four. Uh, one uh, one team, Boston Irish Wolfhounds, used to be in the Super League and then pulled out. One that wants to be in, Glendale Raptors, uh, uh, Olympic Club, which is well, they 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 kind of merged with another club and ended up being in the Super League uh, that way and then pulled out. And they play Palmer, who have uh, never been in. 
and I don't I don't know if they even really have aspirations to be in or not. Uh, Olympic Club Palmer, uh, the big the big uh, Achilles heel, Pat and Bruce for the for the Olympic Club seems to have been their backline. Their backline's not exciting enough, not dynamic enough. That was the the early word on them. They seem to have fixed something along those lines because they be, they beat a couple of pretty good teams. And you know, Sacramento Lions are. Uh, you know, a tough physical team. I don't. I don't know how they match up against Palmer. Well, I think. I think it's going to be. <laughs> I think Jared Selby's a fantastic player for Palmer, um, and I think that Palmer may have the edge in the back line. So, I mean, Keegan Engelbrecht has done a lot for that team, and they trust him a lot. And you can tell. I mean, even if you didn't, if you didn't know Keegan was a college All-American, you just walked out on the pitch, and you're just there watching the game, and you'd never seen Keegan play before in your life. Um, you can tell that he runs that back line, that the, the other guys around him put a lot of trust in him and that he's a good player and he knows what he's doing. And I think he's done a lot for them. Um, and so I think that their back line, you know, Matt Rose is a good player in their back line as well. And, and, and bringing Keegan um, in also allows Peter Glicks to, to, to switch to fullback, and he's a very solid player um, with a very good boot as well. And so I think that their back line is better than it has been, definitely better than the one I saw last year. But... <laughs> I just, I still, I'm not 100% convinced that they've got um, as many horses as a team like Glendale does, and and Palmer, if Palmer, if Palmer is playing like the, the Palmer team I saw in the Final Four last year, that's going to be one hell of a match between them with the club and Palmer, and I would have to pick Palmer. I haven't seen Palmer play this year. They struggled a little early on in the spring, um, but Ryan Duclos is a very good player. They got Jared Selby there. Mike Junk's a good player. They've got some good players there, and if they're if they have got their talent back and they're they're rolling like they were in the fall and like they were last year in the Final Four, Palmer is my pick, but I think it could be a good game. And at Olympic Club, Rickus Pretorius is a very good player, and he has the ability to take over a Division One game. And, uh, you know, if he does that and he, he switches it on and Keegan's on and Court Schubert is, is, is running hard and, and uh, you know, they've got some good second rows there as well, it, 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 Olympic Club could win that game, but I, I think that's the one to watch. That's going to be the close one. But if yeah, if you put a gun to my head, and make me pick. I'm picking Palmer. Yeah, Carl Hansen and Andrew Armstrong in the second row for uh, Olympic Club. They have a very good back five, and and a solid uh, front three. And I think the still the bread and butter for Olympic Club is a set piece, and if and especially the the lineout. And if their lineout is working, and a team gets into penalty trouble against them, then there's they've got all kinds of issues against Olympic Club because they will. You know, and like you said. Engelbrecht is an accurate kicker. Galitz is an accurate kicker. Kick to the corner, line out, mall, job done. Five to seven points. Right. Well, Gallitz Gallitz be, is, uh, Gall- very ferocious pack as well, though. Galitz is, Gallitz is uh, you know, he, he played for Belmont Shore, and, and he was an eagle, and, and he knows how to win games. And My gut feeling is that, based on what Sprague told me, or Jake Sprague, uh, the former eagle prop, who's coaching Mystic River, told me that he almost certainly thinks that it will be Oak Club and Glendale in the final. And I, I think that that'll be, that'll be kind of a pick game as to who's going to win. And I'd love to see both of them be in the Super League, but um, there'll be politics on both ends on that. But, uh, yeah. um, but, I, but I would um, – that would be – that's what I think is going to happen, and I think we're going to have a great game where Glendale would have to be slightly favored, basically for being a home team. 
my, my selection of picking Palmer as my favorite is just a, working on the assumption that they're the same, by and large, personnel and the same team I saw in the final four last year. I haven't seen them play this year, but if it's the same personnel I saw last year, my eye test says Palmer's going to win. So I wanted to just qualify that. No, but that's I'll tell you, fair enough. And I've seen, I've seen O'Club and I've seen Glendale. And I'm telling you right now, I think Glendale is a better Olympic club team. Maybe we can uh, – I you give me a chance to win back that uh, that beer I lost on uh, – on on BYU, Pat. Pat, uh, beers aren't. We don't. Beers don't do double or nothing. Beers just <laughs> need to drink them. You're definitely paying me my beer. I may owe you another beer, and I'll pay you that. But uh, but uh, but we're gonna pay the beer. These, these these don't even out. Beers have to get drunk. When you bet a beer, it gets drunk. Um. So yeah, I'll bet you. Uh, who, who do I have? I have um. I have Olympic Club beating Palmer in the semifinal. That's fair enough. Right. I'll, I'll take that as a pick'em game. Okay. Good. Well, good. Yeah. That's, uh, I, I like. What do you I really like? That like? But uh, no, I, I like Olympic Club and I like Glendale and I think uh, I, I think I'm going to go with Glendale in the final. All right, then I'll take Olympic Club in the final because the AC has a relationship with Olympic Club and we have to go out there and play a challenge match with them in. October, so I'll take the Olympic Club and hope that we get a chance to play a champion. Um, let's move on to the Eagles, shall we? Yes. Well, the the USA national team has named their squad for the Churchill Cup, and as expected, there are a bunch of people left out of it, not because they were dropped, but because they are are given rest time or uh, you know. Something along those lines. Um, you know, uh, Samu Manoa is left off of that because he's got a professional contract that he's uh, about to jump into. So um, that's that's part of it. Um, uh, Chris Wilds is getting some time off. Takunu Gwenya is getting some time off. So I guess this this team that goes in there, there's there's still a bunch of players who are are established Eagles. Obviously, Todd Clevers is the the number one name on that. But what are we what are we trying to accomplish here? Uh, th- this has to be a selection vehicle for, for Alex. This is the World Cup. This, this is their World Cup. I don't care what anyone says. All this crap about prepare for the World Cup. Prepare for scalps. This is the World Cup. They're not beating Australia. They're not beating Ireland. And barring a miracle, they're not beating Italy. If they don't beat Russia, it'll be an absolute disaster because Japan beat Russia by 70. This here is the World Cup. The summer leading up to the World Cup is the World Cup. In 2007, they lost to England 24-10 to in the World Cup. England went to the final. And now the USA is playing essentially an England CD team. So... We have to try to win that game. We have to win the game. We have to go into the Churchill Cup and do a candidate, get to a final. Go into the Churchill Cup and take it seriously. I don't want to hear that, you know, everybody's getting a chance to play. Yeah. I want to know. I, that's what happened in the fall tours. It, hap- fall it happens tour, everybody every got a time. To play and we it lost happens to every Georgia. time. We got yeah. blown out in the scrum and they scored every single point of scrum points. So now that's got to get fixed. And. You know, so regardless of whatever we're saying, the expectation of the Eagles is to win two games in the Churchill Cup, preferably to get to the final, but to win two games. There's no reason that they can't win two games. 
I don't want to hear about money. I don't want to hear about anything. They're playing a, a Tonga, who, who is a destitute nation. Okay? So that's the winning again. Tonga A. Italy A. You know, these, these are the teams that are in it. Canada, our northern neighbor who we should beat every single time. So as far as I'm concerned, two wins minimum, three wins what it should be, and moving forward, beat Canada twice and beat Japan. That's So my expectation is a five-win summer, minimum of a four-win summer. Anything less than a four-win summer is a disaster. It's a complete and utter disaster. And, you know, I don't want to hear, like, all the night together. And and, and the thing is, like, and you can sit there and we could say, you know, I'm just talking about from a results-wise standpoint, we we complain about money a lot. And then, you know, and I'm saying, you know, there's what we wasted money on that domestic camp. That's for sure. So if we had enough money to waste on that, I want to see four to five wins in the summer. That's what I want to see. I, and, and I think that our players are capable of doing it. If you, I couldn't sit there and in good faith tell these guys, yeah, you guys deserve professional contracts, but you can't beat these guys. Canada beat everybody last year in the Churchill Cup was saying France was unstoppable. They were amazing. Canada beat them. That's right. Canada beat them. But everybody saw that first game and said, holy crap, these guys are unstoppable. Everybody. The Saxons thought they were unstoppable. Canada beat them. Self-belief. The Eagles have to settle on a team. And, and you can say, all right, Wilds is out and a couple guys are out here and there. Well, when we go into the World Cup and when we go into these games in, against Canada and Japan, we're going to need a bench. So there's going to need to be a guy in the back row. There's going to need to be a guy in the second row. There's going to need to be a guy in the backs. So we're covering those three guys. And if they can't go out there and we don't have anything coming off the bench who can cover it, then we're in deep trouble. So the fact is, to me, this is the World Cup. We don't have a chance of beating Ireland or, or Australia. No chance. Now, you can say, all right, I'm crazy. There's no chance of having to happen. And then, in, in all actuality, probably no chance of beating Italy. Probably. I mean, there's, you know, there's the catch lightning and a bottle snowball's chance in hell, but I don't see that happening, especially fully prepared out. We have to use these times now to give our players a platform to have self-belief and to give other nations a platform to say, hey, you know what, these guys can play and maybe get them some contracts overseas. But from what I saw, you know, we're going to have to sit and settle on a team. And for too long, we've been sitting there playing guys and checking combinations and playing rankings tests and, you know, doing the whole game saying, hey, now we got tough competition. Put your best players out against them. We haven't done that. We've done, you know, some of the results have been, you know, half of, you know, play the best guys against the weaker teams. Play them against the best teams. See what happens. Come out with something. Going into the, play, or the bowl game or whatever it is in the Churchill Cup, unacceptable. We've absolutely got to win two games, and we absolutely have to have a focus to win three going forward. But minimum, two in the Churchill Cup, two in the next, two in the next three. Either we sweep Canada and play tight with Japan, and then in the World Cup, 
we got to look to try to win two games. We should beat Russia. If we lose to Russia, complete disaster, just go home. Um, and, you know, and then USA Rugby really has to reevaluate where they're moving with everything. But as far as I'm concerned, I, I think that, you know, Sullivan's been around for two and a half years, and, and, and now, you know, in order for him to have any kind of a, a legacy, he's going to need that legacy, you know, it can't be, you know, that we beat Portugal. Um, that's on a, that's not that's not really a legacy. The legacy has to be we beat somebody. Um, we beat we beat somebody really really good, and I think that Canada has done that. They have scalps, we have none. You know so, the 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 Canada thing is I've been seeing it for years, and it is true that the Canada goes into some games where there is no expectation for them to win, and they throw absolutely everything at it, and I. It, it, you know, you, you go one-on-one between some of the players that Canada puts on the field and some of the players the USA puts on the field, and you say, well, the, this American guy is better than the guy for Canada. Well, you know, I think one-on-one, I like his skills better. I, think, I just think he's a better player. And then you see the Canadian guy go and play like a maniac. And there well, is the American, something see, about The American guys can play, you know, it's just a matter of, are we going to select a team that's our first team, whatever he thinks it is? Are we going to put our best team out against it, the same conversation we had when we had them on the show? And the same thing I asked them then. Why didn't we play what you – I'm not saying what is the best team, what he considers to be the best team against Saracens and Scotland A. Why didn't he? Well, he needs to it. settle on a side. Well, he needs to settle it. on a team. And and if he tanks the if he if he doesn't pick what his best team is against the England Saxons and against Tonga and against and and against the, the, whatever the, the the next game is wherever they they wind up we have to settle on a team and get those guys playing together and get them comfortable with each other and give them a chance to actually try to win a game. But if we're going to sit there and check combinations and do this and hey man, bottom line is. We got to start winning games, or we got to start at least, at least settling on a combination. I think the attitude is huge about how uh, how we look at it and say who. Not only you know we'd like to win, but let's pick a team and let's let's go out there as if we are going to win, and let's behave as if we're going to win because the players pick up on that when it's still like you said just. Well, we're just testing it out. We're just doing this. We're just doing doing that. And then, then if it doesn't matter, then and to why be honest with you, bro, there are people on this tour. There are people on this tour. I'm not going to mention who, what I think of all the different players here and there. There are people on this tour that, if, in the event that they play in a critical game, are going to get exposed big time. Right. And the U.S. is going to get beaten badly. So. What, what needs to happen is they need to put what they feel their best team is and play it and keep playing it. And that's how you got I, – I, I, I firmly believe this. And, um, you know, I'm tired of, you know, we're going to give this guy a game, give this guy a chance, give this guy – you know, hey, look, you want to no, go play Little League? Time. Go play Little League. Three innings for one kid, four innings for the other kid, perfect. You want to play Little League basketball? You know, you play the first and third quarter, he plays the second and fourth, knock yourself out. This is not Little League. And if we treat it like Little League, we're going to get beaten 
like a big league team playing a little league team. Well, the the last t- the last time we entered into the the Churchill Cup, basically uh, thinking we we should win it, and we're not doing anything else other than just we want to win it. Was two thousand five. There's been some other reason to go in there and check out players or prepare for this or prepare for that. It hasn't been since 2005, and and that was a two-game tournament where the USA lost to Argentina A on the last play of the game and then beat Canada by one point. Uh, so so we look at this. England-Saxons, I don't think they're going to beat the England-Saxons. I'd like them to. I don't think they're going to do it. I think they should beat Tonga A, and then it's either Canada, Italy A, or Russia. Uh, and they sh- they should win that game, yeah. But I, you know, for you to say, um, a why four can't they win, beat so, England so, Saxons? I just don't think they will. I'm not saying. I, I, I mean, I'm not I mean, saying I mean, whether. I'm not saying whether or not they will. I'm not saying. I'm saying why can't they? Oh, there's no. Reason all why I'm they saying is, what, what I'm saying is, we'll see from selections whether they believe they can do it. You'll see it. You'll know it. You'll know it right away. You hold out one or two guys, then they don't believe. If they don't believe they can win, then that sends a message to the players. And 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 to be honest with you, nobody wants to be a player when that's the message. Yep. Put your best team out there, play with your best team, and try to win. Because no matter what happens, we can. We are not going to win the World Cup. It's not coming back to the United States. I guarantee that. I can promise you that. Anybody wants to make a bet, I'm booking any bet you want if you're betting the U.S. Okay, so we're not going to win the World Cup. We're not even going to go to the playoffs in the World Cup. So everything that we do, we're just a participant there. We're an also-land participant. These other things are the World Cup to us, to me. We have an opportunity to win a Churchill Cup. Try to. We have an opportunity to sweep a summer series of tests. Try to. Yep. And make a plan that that... And I don't want to hear about, well, we had to get this guy a game and test these guys up into the World Cup. For what? You're not New Zealand. You're not trying to win the World Cup. You're not going to find out whether or not you want to play Ma Nanu with Robbie Fruin. You've got to decide who your centers are and play them. And try to win every game you can. You know, and that's probably the undoing of New Zealand rugby. Is that they they don't settle on their team prior to the World Cup. Completely settle on it. And hopefully they do that. Yep. We should already be up They are the best team in the world. The two best players on the Eagles, most likely, Taku Nguyenye and Chris Wilds, are not selected. So clearly they're not looking at it the way you want them to look at it, saying this is the World Cup. Their best, arguably their best second rower, and a guy who's most likely going to be starting for them in the World Cup, Hayden Smith. Yeah. They couldn't find a way to get him. All right, so there's you should already be upset if that's the way you're, you feel about it because they're not putting out. The well, there, there, there's no, there's there's a reason. There, hang on, there there's a reason why they're not selected. They have to have downtime. They 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 have mandated downtime, and the downtime has to have at some point. So they've got to. It's either got to be early in the summer or it's got to be late in the summer, and they're just picking early. But they have to have it. That's why. So I, um, I, don't, I don't think I don't no, think. No, it's but the thing is, the thing is this: like it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They they they're still going to need another second row to cover for Hayden Smith. 
Well, it's different in the second row. The second it's row. different in the second row. And they're also going to need another back. They, like, what happens is, like, like, Paul Emmerich got, was out of the World Cup last year, or well, last time. And, you know, it was, it made a problem. Like, now, we have to be able to deal with, with people missing. Nothing ever goes to perfect to perfect form. So yeah, there's th- so there's three guys we're down. We'll deal with it. Play, play. Find out who you're gonna put. Who's who you're gonna play? That's fine. They they chose to put these guys into these. You know, I mean, for what it's worth, Matt Stevens is playing in the in the um, in the Churchill Cup. He's gonna go to the World Cup. I mean, barring injury, Matt Stevens will be the prop for England in in my mind. So he's going to go, you know, he just played in the final. He's going to play in the Churchill Cup, and he's going to play, and, and I think that he'll play for England in the World Cup. So everybody's finding a way to get everybody to play, and 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 we'll find our own way to get everyone to play. We make our own choices. We do things, and all I'm saying is that whatever it is, even if they can't play, that's fine. We held out Samu Manoa. I you know that couldn't have been mandated by anyone. He played five games or six games or something. No, it's, there's um, a there's a specific reason for that. Well, it, it, whatever it is, it doesn't you know it, it, yeah. if it's not public, it probably doesn't have to be public. But whatever it is, all I'm saying is that hey, no matter who goes out there and represents us, we should have an expectation of victory. We should the players should have an expectation that that is the expectation of the team. The object of the game of rugby in the laws is to outscore the opposition, not to outplay them. Just got to outscore them. So as far as I'm looking, if I, if I were, if I, if I'm looking at this objectively, we're not winning the world cup. We have a chance of sweeping uh, a July test series against Canada Winning a game in Japan against Japan, and then we have an opportunity to win or get a two-win period in the Churchill Cup. I think that those are realistic goals. They're very realistic goals, and and if they're not our goals, and 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 honestly, less than two wins in the Churchill Cup, and especially if he if everybody gets to play. Then I, and I would really question. I would question or I'd question our preparation going forward. Uh, Bruce, well said. I I I have a hard time. I'm not even trying to critique that because uh, I, I'm all for it. I think that we should go into something uh, playing to win, and to see them play the USA Saxons to win, which I haven't seen them do in I don't know how long, because again they've been mixing things up. It would, I, I think it would be great for the fans to just see it and to see them go out there. And even if they lose, I think it would be great for the players. I, yeah, great I, for I, the players. I, I, no, I agree. You and, know, and, 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 and this isn't coming from any player. So I don't want to – please, you know, I, I know that I talk to a lot of it. I don't – I generally don't talk to them about um, rugby on a national team or selections or any of that kind of stuff. I, I'm just – like from my perspective going forward that I feel that – USA Rugby and and Rugby in the U.S. and the Eagle Program has provided excuses after excuse after excuse. 
please select the team, pick the team, play what you feel is the best team, and we as a fan base will back you. If everything is about chopping and changing and giving this guy a chance and a look, dude, if we don't know by now, we ain't finding out. It's too late. Pick the team, go with the team, back the team. That's the way I would do it. And win or lose, I can respect that a lot more than the waiting. I can respect it a lot more than, than, than saying, well, we played this guy, we did this guy. Nobody deserves a look. These guys, they, they, and granted, they don't get paid a lot of money, but they get a per diem and they get everything paid for. Hey, like you said, it's not Little League. If you want to treat it like it, go coach Little League. Go play Little League. Go do Little League. And to think the players don't know when either they're getting thrown to the dogs or, you know, bottom line is I don't care if the other guys don't play. I may disagree with who you put as the other guys. I may disagree with who you start um, and who you have on the bench. But if you honestly feel that's your best team, that's fine. But he said that he didn't honestly feel that Scotland Day and the Saracens were his best teams, but they were the toughest teams they played. Yep. I think they butchered that tour because of that. Yep. And you know, the, 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 you know, the, the, okay. Georgia. Pat, Pat, you had, you were saying something. Well, I, I well, this, he didn't want to argue with Bruce, but I, I kind of do a little bit. I mean, it, this is kind of about where you think their priorities should be and, and what they think their priorities are. Well, their priorities on that tour were to win their test matches, period. That's why they played the guys that they played against those teams. And, and so you don't they agree with that their priority. Match. Their priority they here is their to win match two games. And came within a, within a B's erection of losing the next one. Okay. I'm just they, telling they you they what lost the intent against was. Georgia, you. And, they, and, they, and they became within a B's erection of losing to Portugal. I'm telling you what the intent was. They put the people on the field for that reason, to win those games. Whether they did it or not. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. All right, let, let, him know, the, let him finish. Let him ahead. finish. I'm sorry. It's okay, and I'm also, but, but there are also guys that do need to be seen, right? How, how, when was the last time Eddie O'Sullivan? He, he's not playing these guys just to get them into the game, just to say that he played them. He's playing them to see them a lot of the times. The first time he really got to see Setatuila Vuka was in the Churchill Cup last year. Or, I'm sorry, at that tour last year, he had to see them. He needs to see Troy Hall play more. He needs to see Troy Hall play more on a bigger stage. He needs to see Will Johnson. It's been a while since he's seen Will Johnson play. What kind of form is Will Johnson in? Does he get games filmed from every game Will Johnson plays over there? There's still guys that need to be seen. And there, it, there are tight contests at different places. You know, has Nick Johnson gotten any better? Is, and he saw Anaki Basori, Eddie O'Sullivan, for the first time, remember, in this last year. So Anaki Basori, he's got to tell – he liked he liked him a lot, so he's got a tough decision to make there. It's not an easy pick. There's reasons guys get to play, and he's not putting he's not putting him in for the Little League reason to say, yes, you got a quarter here, so, you know, thank you. That's not what he's doing. So I argue with that a little bit. And to no, me, what would I'm, mean I'm, I'm more to me? I respect what you're saying. What would, what would mean more to me as a fan, a USA rugby fan just like you? I would rather have a second win in the World Cup. That, that means more to me than winning the Churchill Cup. Well, a second win in the a second win in the World Cup guarantees you entry to the next World Cup. Yeah, the, the, the thing is, if if you go into the World Cup, 
having beaten Japan, who, by the way, is a very good team, much better than they have been historically. You go in having beaten Japan and beaten Canada, say at least once, but hopefully twice, you're in a lot better shape to win those two games. And the, 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 you know, I'm, I, I, I agree with both of you. Maybe I'm being wishy-washy here, but uh, I, I, I think, I think it is useful to see some of these players. Maybe you see them in training camp, and and you see them in a little bit in, in time on the field. But I want, I want to see them play to win, and I want to see them pick this team as early as possible. And the last time they did that was 2003, and that was the, that was when the USA won seven games. And in the World Cup, they won a game, and the another game they lost, they lost by one point. And that's the type of thing that I I'd like to see them. You know, if if they go through the the Churchill Cup, and maybe they they are still mixing things around and driving Bruce crazy. All right, fine. If they then pick their squad right now after that and say this this is who's playing Canada and Canada and Japan and all four games in the World Cup, these are our guys. And well, I we're mean, going I'm to go not, out, all out to win these games from the I'm, beginning. I'm not saying that I'm not saying that you can't be wrong and that you can't make a change here and there. I'm saying that, and and while I understand where Pat's coming from and that you got to see these guys, bro, if you could see it in practice, you know who's better than somebody else in practice, and if you don't know, then you're not practicing right. So you could tell when a guy's better than another guy. And and if you don't figure out a different way to practice. But on the on the on the other side of it, I'm just saying that you're allowed to be wrong. You're allowed to say that I wanna you know, I wanna play Troy Hall at inside center as opposed to Junior Sifa. You're allowed to say that and and make a different choice that I want to play Nessie Malif or, you know, it doesn't matter what the, I'm just saying that when we go out into every game from here on in, I think that the choices should exclusively be the first and best choice available, according to the coach and the coaching staff. So that's the way I feel about it. Now, hey, it doesn't matter. You know, I'm not coaching the team. I'm not making the money to coach the team. But if that was me, that's how I would do it. And, and that's where what I would look for going forward. Because from a realistic standpoint, I would love to get that second win in the World Cup. And as Alex said, we're not going to get it unless we have a little bit of self-belief. And you get your self-belief by having small successes along the way. If we beat the England Saxons, then we're saying to the world, wake up world. And we're saying to these players, hey, you could do this. Then we got something. But if we go out there and we don't put our best full metal jacket team, then I think we got a problem. My my point is go full metal jacket every game, every time. And, and I think that the I'll say this that, that, I, I, I don't want to qualify by saying anything, and I get what you're saying. Um, but I, And maybe it's a different point altogether. But without Chris Wiles at fullback, this team is considerably worse, and they're not going to have Chris Wiles at fullback. Who's going to be the best fullback? I don't know. Is it going to be Powell Fowl? Is it going to be Hawley? I'm not really sure who the best fullback is going to be. My gut would probably say Powell Fowl because of the experience he has. Powell Fowl, I'm sorry I cut it out there. But without Chris Wiles, this team is way worse than they are with him. 
So be prepared for that for the Churchill Cup. And uh, if Chris Wiles has to miss anything else, or God forbid he gets injured, this team is significantly worse than they are with him. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and you know what, Pat? Well, that's true. But you know what? Every single time when a good team is missing somebody or has their backs up against it or up against the wall, somebody else comes up, does the job, and you're like, holy cow, I didn't know he had it in him. And that's all. That's all I'm saying. Which, is by that, the which, which by the way, is how there, Wiles Wiles got to that point, is because he filled in for someone else and and stepped up. At the end, all I'm saying is, put your best team out there every time, and you know I don't want to hear about rankings, tests, and all this other crap. It mean it's irrelevant and it means nothing. It means something if you're trying to be the number one ranked team in the world, or you know you're trying to be in the you know the top three or four. But other than that. We should be looking for one thing and one thing only, scalps, as many of them as we can get. On that note, uh, let's talk about something big that's big in a different way, and that is that this this coming weekend, we've got the uh, USA 7's Collegiate Rugby Championship, which is going to be live on NBC and also on Versus and on Universal Sports. They're all going to be showing part of it, but NBC is going to be showing uh, some some key aspects of that. I think they're two hours each day on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, the tournament is the women play at Drexel University on Friday in Philadelphia, and then the men play at PPL Park on Saturday, and then the women and the men get their knockout games on Sunday at PPL Park. Obviously, USA 7s owns this tournament and owns Rugby Magazine and RugbyMag.com. Uh, that's common knowledge, but I thought I'd let you know. But the thing about it isn't so much the, the event. Uh, we, we can talk about who's going to win, stuff like that. But what's so great about this is that NBC came to the party and is putting it on television. And because NBC came and wanted to put this on television, they ended up getting interested in the World Cup, and they're putting the World Cup on television. And on Universal Sports, you can, you can watch the uh, IRB 7 Series highlight shows, things like that. These are all things that we didn't have not that long ago. A little bit over a year ago, we had none of that stuff. And now we've got it. And live sevens, college games, it's not international caliber, but it's really very exciting. Coming into this tournament, we have 16 men's teams coming in. Um, I had a, look, had a little bit of a look at the rosters, and Pat, I know you've had a look at the rosters. And the big thing that jumped out, it's what I wrote about in the preview um, in Rugby Magazine, which was if Threaten Palamo is on the Utah team, I like Utah for this. And Threaten Palamo is not on the Utah team, and so I like Cal for this. Yeah, that Cal has to be the pick. <laughs> Cal, Cal would have been my pick even if Threaten was playing for Utah, um, despite what happened last year. But yeah, Cal absolutely has to be the pick. They've got, you know, Blaine Scully, maybe may the best sevens collegiate player, in, you know, in the country. That's going to be in this entire competition here. Um, they're just too stacked, too deep. Half their lineup is all Americans. Uh, they're just they're really, really good and, and, and well-drilled, obviously. And I think they've taken seven a little more seriously this year uh, than perhaps last year um, after losing to Utah on national television, which they don't want to do again. This is a great Cal team. That's the thing. You've got Tom Rook, who you know I really like, and he's an extremely unselfish player. You've got Danny Barrett, who I think is a much better sevens player than he is a fifteens player, but he's very dynamic up front. And then you've got uh, Seamus Kelly, who is is 
outstanding and, and pushing to be one of the best college rugby players in the country. Scully, as you mentioned, and Dustin Munn, who's somebody you don't want to forget about because uh, you know he's he's I, I think he really has a lot of potential playing sevens for the USA. Uh, probably a, possibly a little bit small to play. Uh, play wing on a t- on a test level, but but as a sevens player, I think he'd be outstanding. And you go all the way down that line. Don't forget James Bales and Connor Ring. You go all the way down that line. And they're just great players all the way through. And everybody else has one or two or three really good players. And I think Cal has about ten of them. Right. Yeah. And I I I don't want to underestimate or why I, I maybe I'm overestimating it or overblowing it, but. Cal's final last year against Utah was the most exposure they've ever had. And correct me if I'm wrong here, right? In the one great rich tradition of Cal rugby and how great they are, their biggest moment media-wise, when the most eyes were watching them, was a loss. That has to eat away at them. So that, sure. I think that factors in as well. Yeah, yeah. So it'll I, be. A, I would have to agree with Pat yeah. that um, even if Palamo was playing for Utah, I mean, they bottled him up. Like, they put. And in the semifinal match, they put Threaten Palamo in a bottle and put the cork in pretty early. And there was no way out of that bottle unless, you know, you found him on the beach and rubbed him and he became a genius. <laughs> so, I, w- I, I, think, I think that this year, you know, <laughs> the only thing that could beat Cal is BYU and they ain't going to be there. So, uh, I think that, uh, yeah. I think we'll, we'll, I think we'll, you know, the result is, I don't want to say a foregone conclusion, but it's a foregone conclusion. And, um, you know, but I think that the event in and of itself and all the lead up and the build up and everything will be exciting. And just like last year, Hey, nobody would think that everybody would have thought that Cal's thing was going to be a foregone conclusion, including NBC. I mean, they, they went and basically did a, you know, a Cal showpiece and then Utah beat them. You know, they had all the pre, the prelim was all Cal, 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 you know, going into the office and checking out the university and the whole thing, and then Utah beat them. And and that was, you know, so it was a foregone conclusion to me last year and probably to everybody else. So, like, just because I say it's a foregone conclusion, I've been wrong about almost everything. <laughs> so, uh well, the, I, I think I think Utah winning last year was great for the tournament, great for the event because it did say, you know, anybody who was on the fence about following it uh, from a from a rugby fan standpoint, it's not the thing where it's just an automatic Cal coronation. Immediately Utah came in and showed that anyone can beat Cal if you've got the right combination. They had a very good team chemistry, Cal, uh, Utah did. They had obviously some excellent players, and it wasn't just threatened Palamo, but, but I think he obviously brings something, something special. And, and, also, and also Utah didn't blow everybody out on the way there. No, they didn't. So there was a little bit of parity, and you know, I think they, I, I do think they caught lightning in a bottle that day. Um, but that, that all said, it, it's a great event. It's definitely worth going down. It'll be a beautiful day, and and I think that it, you're going to get to see some of the best young talent in America, and you're going to see the future, hopefully, the future of American rugby. And and I think that it, I think that it's going to be a fun day, and it's going to be a fun time. But um, it, it, if if I was a betting, the, the thing about sevens is it's quick. So if you get a couple quick tries, you know you, you could find yourself up and 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 see a team chase a game, make a mistake, 
and then all of a sudden you're up three tries, and then, and then it's hard for them to come back. And then, and then the other thing is, it only really takes one or two or three great players. Whereas in a 15s game, if a team has one, two, or three great players and they're surrounded by kind of a not so great cast, you could bottle them up and and then put them out of the game. But if you uh, in sevens, three three great players is what. 42% of the team, 42 and change percent of the team, right? That's right. 42.86, yeah. Yeah. Round yeah. up to so, 43. Yeah. Uh, th- there are some other teams in there. Uh, teams might be interesting to, to see how they go. Um, Central Washington, you know I like Central Washington. Nobody's paying much attention to them, although they were in the New York Times uh, and, and uh, on the Associated Press all over the country. If they're about in the, you know what? If they're in the New York Times, nobody's paying attention to them because nobody That's, reads them. Nobody reads the New York Times anymore. It's uh, called Pravda. The, it's like liberal drivel. <laughs> um, the, they're in the same pool with Army and Navy. Army last year went 0-2-2. Uh, they, the the two games they lost were very close, but you know I I would imagine that they're they're feeling uh, they're they're feeling like they they should. I think rebound. that they were a little. I think they were a little upset. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and I think they feel like they could do better. They didn't, you know, in my opinion, they didn't play good sevens. They didn't play smart sevens. They went into contact way too much, and then they rushed and they actually lost their composure, which was uh, which was not what you expect. Um, Pool D, I, I really think, is uh, an interesting one with Arizona, Oklahoma, Temple, and Texas. Uh, Arizona, I think, looks very, very good and, and would be my pick, perhaps, to win that one. Um, California is in Pool A, and, and Pool B is Boston College, Dartmouth, Notre Dame, and Utah. And I still think Utah has a good shot of winning that one because uh, they do have some tremendous talents. And Don Potty is... Uh, I'd like is, you to meet Jugdish, Muhammad, and Sydney. We've met. Yeah, if threatened Plum, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't. I, that's a that's a pretty weak bracket. Yeah, um, but the thing that strikes me about this, again, if you want to go out to see this, these are true college athletes playing, uh, sometimes playing a, a type of rugby that they've really never played before, but they've been working enormously hard. The thing that might undercut Cal is the fact that they've only had two weeks to do this whereas everybody else has had a little bit more time to be practicing on it. Uh, and, and you might think that there's burnout, but I did have a little short chat with Tom Billups about that, and he said that there's been, there's been no slacking off from the players. They've really thrown themselves into it. Uh, uh, you know, they were very proud of what they were doing. And then you can also look at Army and Navy, and remember that these are not just college students, but these, these are uh, young men and young women, because in the women's side, Army and Navy are also playing, who will very soon uh, be full-time military serving our country, officers in the Army, Army, Marine Corps, and Navy. So it's just, uh, I mean, it's just really exciting. It's very collegial, and, and it's one of the times where we can really get behind and we sort of marry the thing about rugby and how exciting rugby is with how exciting sevens can be and bringing people who aren't familiar with the game and then bringing in the entire uh, uh, enjoyment of, of following college sports and cheering for your school. So uh, I encourage people to see it. And if you can't go see it, watch it on TV. Have you been losing weight in case you get on TV? No, not at all. I, I, I just want to make I, sure. No, no. You see, see, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Bruce. You, last, you know, you do you do work for the company, so you make last, it on TV. Last year, the camera panned in on Al Caravelli, and I was standing next to Al. We were talking, 
And I was on there for about three seconds, and then they realized some schlub was standing next to Caravelli, and they came in tighter and cropped me out. So that's what's, that's what's going to happen again this year. You will, if you see me on TV, don't blink because uh, you'll miss it. <laughs> next week, everybody be there. Collegiate Rugby Championship, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Chester, Pennsylvania. And you'll have a really good time. And uh, I know there's a lot of people going down from New York, so they, you know, they they want to see the they want to see all the teams play. And there's a lot of high school kids going down because they're interested in looking at the colleges and and checking out where they want to go. So it'll yeah, be a great time. Great. It'll be fun. They've got the great scouting uh, combine. If you don't know about that, uh, you can go and you can uh, sign up to to do a combine tryout. If you're a high school player, that college coaches will be watching. And you can also meet with college coaches during the event. Uh, just they'll be available for an hour at certain times, kind of like office hours. And you can stop and talk to them a little bit about the school, about the rugby program, everything along those lines. It's a really great idea to be able to marry these these uh, high school players with the college programs. All of that information, including tickets, go to USA7CRC.com. And it'll be great. And I think that does it for everybody. Thanks a lot for, uh, first of all, all the wildlife that was in the background. That's because everybody's been pushed outside. But we did hear a few cheapy, cheapy little birds. And uh, um, thanks, Bruce, and thanks, Pat. Well, I was with Troy Bartley yesterday, and if I if there was if, if he was here, he might be bow hunting these birds. So <laughs> luckily, he's not here. So I get a little bit of wildlife. Good luck to everyone in the CRC. And we will speak to you next week. Good luck to the Eagles. Smash England. Smash the Saxons. Smash Tonga. And by that time, we'll be we'll be talking about what you're going to do in the finals of the Churchill Cup. So check out everything on RugbyMag.com. And also check out Rugga Matrix America uh, uh, online on RugbyMag.com and at RuggaMatrix.com. And you can also go on iTunes to download the Rugga Matrix America show. And so for Pat Clifton and Bruce McLean, this is Alex Goff from RugbyMag.com and Rugby Magazine saying thank you for listening to Rugga Matrix America.